0: Welcome to Parkside Chat. Today, we will be talking about potential upcoming changes to elementary programming and facilities. We have introduced many new concepts at the elementary level, from curriculum, to expanding specials, to increasing access to technology, but we're not finished yet, and there are more exciting changes to come. I'm your host, Jess Ivanelli, and to talk about some of the potential changes, I have with me Dr. Wade, Superintendent of EPCUSD 401. Can you believe that our podcast channel has seven episodes already? Since I last checked... Our station has had over 800 plays of our episodes. I'm pretty sure most of them are your mom, and my mom, and Ms. Mary Howard, our Austin District Technology Committee parent rep, but I think it still counts.
1: That sounds like a legit number to me.
0: Let's see if we can increase those numbers a bit with this enthralling episode. So why don't you go ahead and describe to us what is the current state of programming in the elementary buildings?
1: Well, I think we've done a lot of good work over the past years in terms of programming for the elementary buildings. For example, like one, of the running bits of commentary not only from parents, community, and staff has been rather real or perceived inconsistencies in terms of, let's say, the learning experience of the curriculum. So this is actually the first year where there's not only a common but articulated curriculum where it doesn't matter what building you're in or what classroom within the building, like everyone is actually getting exposed to the same learning experience You know, we have. Ready gen for you know ELA you know go math you know for obviously math and then STEM scopes for science, and kind of assist the uh, staff on these new curriculum programs. We've we've now included instructional coaches to kind of help them uh, not only better understand the curriculum but ways to deliver it, and they're kind of also there to bounce off good ideas and and work with the staff on that to to make it a more positive and interesting learning experience for the students. Uh, we also now have actually kind of a, uh, a consistent schedule between the two buildings and for everyone, uh, meaning that at least there's common and, or equal amounts of instructional time for those core contents, but also there's now additional time for specials, where now we have specials also in the kindergarten classroom and enrichment is now a new special for students in kindergarten through grade two. And I know we've have, we've expanded some accelerated, acceleration opportunities for grades three through six. So I think there's definitely a lot of good work there and what's also assisting that is you know, obviously our saturation of technology devices that we kind of have going on in there. So I think we've made a lot... Of, that's happening? Believe it or not. I'm aware of that. There's like what? almost 500 in each building. Get so, out. yeah, we're like 1.25 to 1. Yeah. Not quite 1 to 1, but not we're quite. definitely getting there. Um, But we're definitely moving ahead, I think, in the state of programming. Like, I know we're always expanding our, you know, comprehensive amount of student services for special education and EL students. uh, But we're also focusing a lot on kindergarten through second grade, you know, by flooding a number of supports in there, specifically in reading to kind of assist those kids before they hit uh, third grade or the intermediate level.
0: So what are some of the ideas or brilliant brainstormings that are occurring for future programming in the elementary
1: buildings? Well, I think the big one that everyone likes to talk about, um, and I know I certainly do, is full-day kindergarten. And I think full-day kindergarten is single-handedly the most important thing that we can do for our students. And I don't think there's a lot of disagreement about that. I think where we're going to be having conversations moving forward is going to be how's the what's the best way in realizing that within the district um, in terms of just operations, but also the state of our facilities. But full day kindergarten, I really want to stress, like almost you know, there's always like research out there in public education, and you know, you can always find something to support your own point of view. But you know, full day kindergarten is single handedly the only issue out there. That is definitive, and this benefits for students in terms of and moving forward. It's not really preschool. It's not class sizes. Believe it or not, it's full day kindergarten. And I think that would be to to really realize that change to have that as an option for for parents and students. I think is great for the school district and the community at large. Other things that we're working on is the standards based report card. Um, I know you're involved in that committee. Yes. Well,
0: yes, I am. Thank yeah.
1: you. <laughs> you just need to be involved in everything.
0: I feel like because you make me. Yeah, whether <laughs>
1: asked, no, oh, I was going to say whether you're asked or I not, you seem to be there I and don't involved. I feel like I have an option. <laughs> so, uh, but, but the standards based uh, uh, reporting committee, I know involves some parents um, as well now, but it um, has all of our elementary administrative team, but also about what is it, about 20 teachers, that, um, mm-hmm. at least 20 teachers that are involved in that. But I'm getting excited about that. They're doing a lot of good work, um, and I, I think they're going to pilot something next year, and then the year after we could potentially go you know go large with it. And then the other thing is more internal. But it's about establishing professional learning communities, you know, or PLCs. You know, PLCs are really important because it's a it's a structured opportunity for staff to have a collaborative and productive uh, conversation about what are the benefits and drawbacks of current programming and resources, how the students are performing. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, this is a big push in a lot of circles to kind of go in this direction. We feel with everything else that we're doing, um, the time is becoming appropriate and and staff are asking for. It. I think whether they are using that acronym is, is is different, but at least in terms of the philosophy behind it, they seem to want it.
0: I think if you called it BLTs instead of PLCs, you'd have more people on board right away.
1: See, the problem with that, I would just like one bacon, bacon, <laughs> right? <a> bacon. <laughs> like there would be a- no, you know, don't put any green or no. Or All right, fine. You that. can have a
0: bacon, a b b b on bread. All right. So, are there challenges with our current and future programming ideas? That's a silly question because the answer is yes. Yeah. So how about what are the challenges? Yeah, be, I trust me, mean,
1: nothing's easy. We just like to make it look like that every now and again. But, you know, I think the biggest challenge is trying to address these notions of, like, inequity, like, you know, um, or inequitable distribution of resources between our elementary schools. Because it is a running commentary by, you know, parents, community members, and, and and even staff about, like, why is this one building, why is one building doing this and not the other, or why are they're, you know, why do they have this program and not the other, and whether real, whether perceived, or there's actually a legitimate explanation if it is real, like, you know, it's, it, I, it's something that's just a running commentary, and, and I think for 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 me, just being part of this district, a unit district that's less than two square miles, I like to think that whatever we're talking about in terms of programming and whatever we do to address our facilities, I'm kinda of going with the mindset that, you know, we are one district, we are one community, we are one Elmwood Park. And and I I think moving forward we've slowly started to do this, but I really want to aggressively address that notion of inequity, again, whether real or perceived, and kind of have us all on the same playing field in, in reality.
0: So please talk to us a little bit. A key word in that sentence is little little um, about the state Ugh. of elementary facilities. Subtle commentary. I just wanted to make sure you heard it. Yeah. Um, so about the facilities themselves and any challenges that might exist.
1: Well, I, I think what the challenge... Uh, I think the challenges with the facilities is, you know, we've all been in them. I think our buildings and grounds department, they've done a good job at, you know, kind of going beyond the life expectancy of of a lot of our equipment and, and trying to keep it clean and maintained. But I think we're reaching a point that we now need to have a comprehensive plan to address the facilities, but also what do we want to do in the long term as a district? As anyone knows, I do. I'm not a fan of short-term solutions because they kind of, they have a strong potential to create long-term problems and I'd rather have a long-term solution that only creates you know intermittent problems in the meantime I think you know the, the addressing the needs of the facilities is significant I know we're gonna we're probably going to talk about that in a little bit but I think also a challenge is having our inc- inconsistent enrollment that we have with you know between each of the buildings within the buildings like I mean our enrollment from one grade level to the next or even within the respective cohorts it changes so wildly, it makes it extraordinarily difficult to actually plan ahead and invest in everything else. And, you know, so what's a way that we can kind of streamline that so that way, you know, we have a better a better grasp on that and a better focus on those students. And then, of course, the biggest thing, providing a modern, updated classroom and setting, which is always a good thing.
0: Especially with all of the flooding of technology that is occurring. Absolutely. hmm And the amazing podcasting that also occurs.
1: I'm sure people are are questioning that as they're listening (laughs) to this.
0: They are. They've they've already tuned out. Okay, so... (laughs) Hey, we're trying to
1: get the 900 count. I know.
0: Please, just listen to the end. You can do it. Uh, So what are our next steps moving forward? Hashtag moving forward.
1: I, I think... Everyone's behind doing full-day kindergarten. Like, you know, I mean, how we realize that is a kind of a conversation that's almost entwined with that of what we're going to do for the elementary buildings themselves. And there's a lot there to unpack. I mean, we've, I think the district's known for quite a long time, even before I came to the district, that, you know, there's a lot there to address because John Mills is 100 years old. Elmwood is getting up there, but also anyone who's been in that building should know Between the water table and just it defying physics and architectural design, it makes it very difficult in terms to kind of plan out programming and everything else. I mean, there's just a lot of work that has to go into both of these elementary buildings. And I also think what people do tend to forget is the ECC does not belong to us. Uh, We do lease that, but then since we are leasing it, it does prevent us from really doing any significant capital projects. Like I've been asked quite a few times this year, when are we going to expand to the ECC? And the reality is we can't. And and to be very blunt, even if we could, I would not want to expand it there in the circle because I think anyone that's there in the circle any given day, especially during arrivals and dismissals, you know, I definitely do not want to add to that in, in any way. But, but, again, the state of our facilities, I think, is going to be the, the biggest thing, and, you know, to address and how we also utilize all that space. But, um, so, you're looking at me for the number? Uh, I am waiting for it. I'm uh, just assuming so, it is one million dollars. It, it is, de- like, if, if it was one million dollars, I think Mr. Jennings would be absolutely thrilled. I think a lot of people would be thrilled. You know, I, I think I should really kind of comment on, like, with the elementary buildings, like, you look at it in terms of projects and everything else. You know, we've had a new entrance at John Mills. We've done the cafeteria and a couple extra, a few extra classrooms over at Elmwood. But we really haven't done anything, you know, let's say substantive in terms of, of renovation or, or design, like on the inside or even, you know, on the outside. But there's a lot to address, like uh, life safety and all that. So what we did was we had our architectural and art and construction firms, you know, DLA and ICI that we've used for all of our other projects here, and we told them to come up with an estimate for both the elementary buildings, like what would it be if we need to add four additional classrooms, which I think we we just need to do period, address all currently identified life safety projects in terms of mechanical, plumbing, electrical, incorporating future costs that these anticipated anticipate maintenance or repairs to the building due to their age, but also just really renovating every square foot of both of those buildings. I think anyone that's been in the buildings would agree with me. That's not an unreasonable expectation, especially so that way we can provide a modern and safe learning environment for students and staff. And uh, what do you think that number came out to?
0: Um, Let's see. I'm going to go with 30 because that Sounds well, like a great number. Well, if you
1: were going to say 30 per building, you'd be pretty close. It's about $55 million. And
0: Does that include a new <laughs> podcasting <laughs> studio? You, you
1: do not get a new studio. Come on. No. I literally
0: I, have yoga mats on the wall to soundproof this place.
1: <laughs> this, at the very least, is entertaining to your neighbors. Ugh, right? fine. Or at least that's what we like to tell ourselves. <laughs> um, I mean, so, so we definitely have cost to this, like, to renovate both those buildings and Frankly, when you're kind of talking, when you're getting into that range, you have to put all options out there. And when I say all options, I go, it's not just about renovating and and repairing. The current buildings, which are going to, one's already 100 years old, the other one's getting up there. But then what's the long-term benefit of that? And basically what I'm getting to is, do we actually look and have a conversation about new construction? Like, you know, and what does new construction actually look like? I mean, is that, you know, is that one, two, or three buildings? I mean, there's a lot there to unpack, and, and I think it opens up an enormous amount of questions and, of course, a lot of dialogue, you know, moving forward. But... If there's any time that I think this district's ready to have a meaningful conversation about what to do with the elementaries in terms of facilities and programming, it's now. I and mean, it's going to be, I'm uh, not naive, I know it's going to be a very interesting and long conversation.
0: To say the least.
1: Yeah, uh, to say the least, because, you know, when you're talking about moving forward on that, it's not just the new construction, but like, what are going to be, you know perhaps like what are some of the things that we look at you know I mentioned that you know do we build one two or three buildings or do we you know make a better use of our space and when we say better use of our space and programming that's opening up the idea of grade centers you know where basically certain buildings have um, like all all the students of those grade levels at each one so like you would make one ele- you know you might want to make one elementary building pre-k through two you know one three five or whatever it may be because in the end we still have you know we still have a lot of challenges to kind of work out in terms of our current spacing needs for all the programming that we have between the two elementaries.
0: Can we also make like Hovercrafts to go over the railroad tracks—is that in that fifty-five million budget? I'm gonna
1: forward that to the village. Okay, I think good. that should be a village question. We'll I think see my ideas goes. are great. If <laughs> you think that one's gonna pass the smell test, that right? one's gonna go. That okay. one's gonna, yeah, that one's gonna be great. But but I do think one thing that, regardless of what we do, whether it's renovating or expanding or, or building new, something that we just ha- uh, we need to explore. And I should stress that nothing's been decided or anything like we're just obviously in the opening stages of this conversation but it's kind of addressing the concerns that were noted previously and that's about equity you know that if we are one district and you know one community and we are one elmwood park you know what's going to be the best way to not only Realize all the programming that we're going to be providing. How do we kind of solidify that and really be able to focus necessary supports and resources to all the students moving forward? Because while we are labeled commendable schools, there is still a significant amount of work to do. And there are are signs that we are noticing that we got to take a little bit more seriously. So there's a lot of things in there to address. And like grade centers, what the the positive elements of that are, like you're creating equity for students and staff you have more focused interventions and supports. You have a better utilization of your space and managing operations. So you can also anticipate enrollment trends and everything like that is better manageable, especially with concerns over class sizes or number of sections and that type of thing. You can easily establish uh, more than productive uh, professional learning communities. But also what I think is something that we really haven't talked about is actually the social emotional significance of all the students in the community growing up together in a K-12 district, um, that they're all together. And again, that's something that larger unit districts like Naperville or Plainfield, like they don't have that benefit whatsoever, but we do due to our size. However, I you know should note that basically what the biggest concern there is, is obviously you would lose that whole sense of a neighborhood school. And, and, I, and I get that because, you know, I'm in an area right now where they're talking about, you know, school boundaries and programs for my son where he can't even go to the elementary school that's six houses away. Like, it's one of those things where it is a difficult conversation. And, and I think that's kind of where we're, we've started on December, you know, on, at the board meeting on December 19th. And, and I think we're going to have a lot of future conversations about what's going to be the best way for the long-term vision of the district. And I think with anything that anyone wants, like there's always going to be a caveat in some way. I think that's just something like how do you kind of come up with that compromise um, in order to kind of address what we know are are our current needs, but what they're going to be in the future and, and everything else.
0: That's a lot to digest, and I hope you're doing well after listening to this entire podcast. I would like to thank Dr. Wade for being here today. It is important to remember that though change may be difficult and scary, we all want the same thing. Great teaching for every student every day. And the goal of any change in Elmwood Park is always focused on our students and making them successful. Check out our station often for new and exciting stories about our district. And thank you for all you do for our community, district, and students. Until we meet next time, that is that for the Parkside Chat. Oh, thank you.